0: Welcome to the Pathway Podcast. This episode is part one of our Rooted series. Lead Pastor Jeremy Flanagan will explore how believers can lead in grace and love, especially when fighting for things we believe in. He will challenge us to not let judgment become hate, but to always choose grace and love. For more information about small groups, Pathway Kids, or anything Pathway related, contact us at pathwaybaptist.com connect. As Jack said, we're starting this new series called Rooted. Every summer, we try to focus on some different uh, elemental things of our faith and our belief. And this June, we're going to look at the subject of grace. We're going to look at how grace is offered. We're going to look at uh, the fact that uh, grace is free, but it, it's, it's not to say it doesn't have value. We're going to look at all of these different things. Um, but we're starting talking about uh, the idea of showing each other grace today. You know, and as we gather here, as we worship, you know, it's it's always wonderful to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, even today we've got first time guests. Uh, It's good to have Clark Stewart here, and uh, anyway, and so I mean, it's good to have his parents here too. But quite frankly, even your parents won't care if you show up anymore, as long as Clark does. Um, But we love having you. So, uh, but you know, when we gather together, it's a lot easier in person to be able to find commonality, right? When you're with somebody face-to-face, it's a lot harder to spit in it. Uh, But when you are apart, it seems that, you know, electronically we do that rather well. Uh, It seems that our culture and our society has uh, lost, and especially even within the Christian community, we have lost the idea and the concept that no matter what we say and what we do and no matter what we have a passion for, and it's okay to have a passion for things, Strong passions for things. And there are things that maybe we don't have passion for that we should. But even in all of that, that we have to find a way to be able to communicate with other people, to be able to reach out to other people that doesn't detract from our faith in Christ and doesn't hurt our ability to share the gospel with others. And so today we're going to talk about showing grace. Today we're going to talk about showing grace. And I just want to let you know that... This uh, message is somewhat a reaction to the events of late. Um, yes, definitely uh, the killing of George Floyd and the things that have uh, come out of that, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's something that has been on my heart for a while And this just threw gas on the fire about all of these different things that come up that divide us. And difference of opinions are going to happen, but as Christians, we've got to find a way to work through those. And so... Um, You know, this is a hard sermon to preach. It's one that I've anguished over on how to do well. Um, Don't know that I will. Um, It's one that uh, I have to make sure as I talk about not putting opinions above Scripture that I don't do that myself. It's one that I have to look at and say, you know, that we need to encourage and lift everybody up. And still yet today, understand that most everybody can possibly, hopefully only momentarily, get offended by something I say. You may get offended by something I say for quite a while. Maybe that's personal conviction, maybe you just don't like the way I say it, or maybe you'll just disagree with something I say to the point that you feel like you can no longer have conversations with me. And isn't that actually the problem that has made me get up here today? Because I, I really have tried to stay off social media the last few months, not just weeks, months. And, and social media for me has always tried to be something that I pretty much just post family pictures. I pretty much just watch funny pet videos, send those to Jessica, now Luke that he has Facebook, and, uh, and do those things. Because it breaks my heart to see people's rush to division, to blame, to animosity, to anger, and even to hate. And so today as we look through this, I'm going to start in Proverbs. I've been spending time in Proverbs because it's, uh, you know, talk about wisdom. In the next few weeks, we really won't be there much because we're going to be talking about grace and salvation and those bedrock things. But today, we're going to talk about what should be a result of our faith in Christ for salvation, and that is a stronger desire to show interpersonal grace to others. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1 through 5. I could just read these today and quit, and probably if I did, it'd be better for all of us. Um, Verse 1. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Doing wrong leads to disgrace, and scandalous behavior brings contempt. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. It is not right to acquit the guilty or deny justice to the innocent. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, but almost everything I have to say could come back to one of these verses. Um, As you heard these verses, what did you think about? What situations came to mind? Do you think that I'm addressing something that you said? Maybe, but I don't know. I'm not addressing anything any individual here has said or done. I'm addressing what I see as a society, as a culture, within Christians, within pastors, within leaders. Am I addressing things that other people have said? Absolutely, of course. But I can't go to you and say this one thing... Uh, I can tell you that it's wrong because I also can't tell your motives for saying it. I might be able to say that it wasn't necessarily in a productive way or that is very inflammatory or accusatory. I can say that. But I'm not addressing any individual things today. So did somebody else pop into mind that you thought about when I started mentioning these? Let's just go through in verse 1. Have you been unfriendly? Or when you read that verse, is it someone else lashing out at your common sense that comes to mind? Verse 2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. So have fools been, you know, not taking in the understanding you're trying to give? Is that the problem? Is that what you think about? That you're trying to give understanding and people just won't listen? Or... Are all of your opinions facts while everyone else just has opinions? Verse 3 Doing wrong leads to disgrace, and scandalous behavior brings contempt. Have you justified wrong attitudes in your life or overlooked them? Have you been apt to justify wrong actions in the past or currently based on how people are feeling? Verse 5, it's not right to acquit the guilty or deny justice to the innocent. Have you denied justice to the innocent? Or have you made excuses for those who do? Are you going about seeking justice in a godly way? Or is it in other ways? Are you judging others who aren't going about it the same way as you? I see a lot of that. So when you look at all of these things... Just to start us off, I want to read a passage in Romans. And uh, I just want us to hear and to see what God talks about when it comes to the idea of loving others. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning, and I I use this verse so often. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, Imagine yourselves by the faith God has given us. Most of the time, the scripture talks about examining ourselves, evaluating ourselves. Verse 9, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. That's verse 15. Something that's been needed. Verse 16, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. If we would think about Scripture before we acted, obviously we'd be much better off. If we thought about Scripture before we said things, we'd be better off. If we thought about Scripture before we did anything, obviously if we will think about Scripture before anything comes from our hands or our mouth or anything else, this world would be a better place, much better, at least very much the world around us. So, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, and here's where something I'm going to say. Pretty much everybody at some point will say, is he talking about me? Or I don't like what he said. Or he offended me a little bit. Or that offends my sensibilities. Or something else. Um, anyway, but here we go. Can someone vote Republican without you calling them a racist? Can someone vote Democrat without you saying they want to kill babies? And I can spend all day just there. I can spend all day just there talking about those two things. About, well, if you vote for this person, then you're okay with everything they've done. Well, guess what? You can say that about anybody who votes for anybody because most of our leaders are not the greatest of people. All right. I'm the leader here this morning and I'm not the greatest of people, so I'm sure not going to defend somebody in Washington. But we can spend all day in just the way that we talk about each other over the political divide. Pick your poison on it. How about lately, the COVID-19, the last few months. Can you encourage people to still be socially distancing without wanting to destroy someone's business or for them to lose their job? I don't know can you advocate for businesses to reopen and for society to reopen without wanting someone's loved one to die well I don't know those two things seem very opposed to each other and you either want people to suffer economically or you want to see their loved ones killed which one are you that's where we are am I am I wrong I would love to say that there's this big gray area middle ground, but I'm not wrong. I try to live there, which is why I try and ignore a lot. Is it possible that you can make different assessments based off research, and that doesn't mean that either side is empirically wrong? That they look at the data and they say, because of this, I think we should move this way and other people look at the same data and say, because of this, I think we should move that way. Is that possible? Is it possible to have a different opinion than someone or a different conclusion? Or if they have a different opinion or conclusion than you, does not mean they have to be wrong? Because obviously, you're right. I know, I'm always right. That's what my mind tells me. Luckily, I try and keep scripture in mind and keep my mouth shut because I know that I think I'm always right. Because we all do. Maybe everyone's worth listening to. Now the tough ones. Can you believe that Black Lives Matter without publicly saying it? Or if not, does that mean that you're part of the problem? If you do hashtag Black Lives Matter... Does that mean you support their full agenda? Like defunding the police? Do you know what the full agenda is? If someone says Blue Lives Matter to show their support for police, does that mean that they support acts of brutality? Or that they support uh, any version of systemic racism that, that is out there? Just because they want to support police officers. If someone tries to be what we've always been told, which is colorblind, which is to view everyone and see everybody the same way, and decides to say all lives matter. Does that mean that they want to diminish the racism experienced by black people or people from other minorities? Just because they want to express it that way? Does it mean they're a closeted racist? Can someone support the overarching goal of peaceful protests but openly denounce the rioting that we've seen come out of many of those. If you denounce the riots, how long of an explanation that you're not a racist do you have to put before it, before you can say riots are bad? And if you're black, it probably even has to be longer because you're a traitor to actually say riots are bad. Now, it's been great. I'm telling you, there are pockets of people out there that these protesters that have, you know, got up in front of stores and blocked that, who have protected police officers, who have done great things. And then there are many others that have not. But in the world of opinion and commentary, whatever you say, people assume the worst of the other side of the coin. <laughs> the... The Facebook posts I've been seeing lately are like eight pages long, just to make sure that someone doesn't think something wrong of you. Can someone promote your biblical view of social justice, which is simply the overarching view of of justice in the Old Testament and loving your neighbor as yourself in the New Testament without fully endorsing the politically correct view in terms of social justice out there today is that allowed um, if you repost the black lives matter meme, does that mean you denounce the biblical model of what god says a family structure should be does it mean you support all lgbtq views does it mean you embrace cultural marxism if you say nothing at all out of fear Because you know that whatever you say, people are going to take it and run with it? Are you committing violence against people? I wrote those down. You want to know why? Because I was so scared of saying something in a way that I hadn't thought out, planned out, and prayed. How? How, if Christians, if believers in Jesus Christ feel this way and act this way toward each other, how in the world is society going to get better? Because I can tell you all the social experiments in the world, all the political parties, all the ideals, all the isms, all of them, the ones I agree with and the ones I don't, they don't solve The underlying problem. None of them. You know, just real quick, and I want to do this real fast, and then I want to jump back to the the meat of the message today. In in talking about the things with George Floyd and talking about racism, racism is absolutely real. If you haven't experienced it, well, um, you know, I am the top level of the hegemony, uh, however you want to put it. I have no intersections um, I don't really buy into a whole lot of that because I know where they're trying to take it. And so have I experienced racism myself? No. Have I seen it? Yes. When I've seen it, has it tried to get me to behave differently? Yes. I actually found out more of a story that impacted my life when I was a teenager, I found out more about when I contacted to receive permission to share that story. As a friend of mine in high school, he was a year ahead of me, we played basketball together. And we went on a trip to uh, play at Harrison, which Harrison is a nice town. There are some people there who are very much not, okay? And so there are people here that aren't. There are people in my hometown that aren't. And so, but in Harrison you had some people who were very active in the KKK. And um, when we were there playing and we loaded the bus to go out to eat, my friend Rafael wasn't there, and I asked the coach where he was at. And he said, because of, you know, just the situation and his feelings and, and everything, he's, he's going to stay in the hotel. We're going to bring food back to him, and he doesn't want to go out publicly. I didn't find out, actually, until this weekend that he had actually been confronted at, our, at the gym when we had been there by someone threatening him. I just thought it was the overall feelings of it. Either way, later that night when we got back, I wanted to go to the room, and they said, we're not going to go in and out of his room for, you know, feelings of safety and other things. And uh, to find out the full story of what happened is even worse. But even what I knew at the time was the first time I'd realized, that are there people out there who are actually in fear simply based on the color of their skin or based on where they're from? Yes. Is that perceived? Yes. Is it also real? Yes. In his case, it was very real because of threats. And it made me think about the way I went through the rest of my life, whether it be with friends, whether it be with people in college, people I worked with, people who came through uh, my youth ministry or college ministry or church ministry, To make sure that I treated everyone equally and to make sure that everybody felt equal. At least in the way that I interacted with them and in everything that I could do. But I can't do everything. I can't fix other people. I can't change other people. Outside of the fact that the more Christians act like Christians, that change will reverberate. Real fast, I'm going to give you a couple of quick thoughts so you can always answer these questions. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. <laughs> reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry on the ground. If you are a believer, and what I said is earlier that if Christians would actually just look to the Bible and live that out, a lot of problems would be solved. And yes, people in the name of Christianity have done horrible things. People have twisted Scripture and used the Bible to do horrible things or to justify their horrible actions or at least to say, well, the Bible doesn't mean that, to give them the feeling of free reign. But if you believe in the Scripture, then all of mankind came from the people created by God. If you believe that, then you believe that race is a construct that is not a biblical idea because we're all the human race. We're all one people. And actually, if you look at the genetics of it, there is actually more. There is more genetic uh, deviation within people who look like me, who are even from Ireland or Scotland or Great Britain and th- those islands. There are more. There's like 0.02 percent genetic deviation among that people group. And there's like .0012% between me and somebody whose ancestors came from Africa or who came from East Asia. There's actually less genetic difference between what we call the races than there is within. Race is a construct that is not a biblical idea. And if people would have gotten scripture right, then they would have never divided themselves based upon the way they look or where they were from or how they talked or anything else. And it took a long time for that to get fixed in our country. It did. Romans 10, 10 through 13 says, It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord we saved. Biblically, when it comes to being a child of God, we are all equal as well. And that's very clear throughout Scripture. Very clear. God had his own people, but I wasn't part of them either. Everybody who trusts in God, trusts in Jesus is a child of God. And that makes them my brother or my sister. And 1 John 2.9 says, Anyone who claims I'm living in the light but hates a fellow believer... That person is still living in darkness. So if you've ever hated somebody because of the color of their skin or because of where they're from, the Bible says you are living in darkness because what everyone, whether Jew or Gentile, Jew or Greek, is a child of God, and we were all created from the same people, Adam and Eve. We all came through them. We all have the same ancestors. Everything... And it's why, by the way, I don't talk about different races. I talk about different ethnicities. But I refuse to classify people as a different race. Because to me, that's demeaning. And if you want to look at the history of race and where it came up in the 18th century and Darwinism and everything else and how that was used to explain differences between people and superiority amongst people, go look it up. But I don't, I don't use that construct. However if I share that verse about that we're all the same, whether Jew or Gentile, and that we're all the same in God's eyes, the current social justice movement denounces me as not focusing enough on the racial differences that we have and in the inequalities. It's a straw man argument, people. You can believe the Bible and you can also see inequality. The fact of the matter is that the biblical view of showing us that in God's eyes we're all the same should make us even more apt to find those areas that mankind has put up between us and tear them down because they're not biblical. Now, how you go about that and what that looks like, people have very different opinions. But I will say this, historically, none of the isms have done as much I preached a sermon on it earlier this, uh, this past year that none of the isms, none of the political contracts have done as much to bring freedom to people in the world as much as Christianity has. Even with its bad parts of history, which it definitely has, all right? But whether it's women, whether it's slavery, whether it's uh, sex trafficking, whether it's all these different things that you can look at worldwide... People who actually believe and follow the word of God make the strongest difference because they actually have something eternally true to lean on. Now, if anyone claims I'm living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Boy, that tells us a lot that we shouldn't do about racism, right? But how many fellow believers have you been mad at and hated because... Mask or no mask, or Democrat or Republican, or I don't know, Razorback or LSU Tiger. That one, last one's justified. Sorry, I'll remove it. So we can't hate people based on race, but we can sure hate them based off who they vote for, or how they feel that we should act on a pandemic, or any other myriad of things. That's so what I'm telling you guys. We can't get one of them right and the rest wrong and feel like we're doing good. That includes people who have ignored racism. That includes people who have ignored all sorts of things. So I want to throw a quote up, a slide. And I want to share this with you before I move on and get back to the idea of how we're to interact with others. I felt Martin Luther King Jr. is a good person to quote today, and he has a lot of them. By the way, I would very much encourage you to go read his works, his writings, and his speeches. And to show my political leanings. I would rather you do that than read those of Saul Alinsky. But anyway, you want to read something that's encouraging and empowering, go read his stuff if you never have. But I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. Now, people are really great about accepting that idea about unarmed truth. Well, no, no, let's say unfettered truth. They like their truth to carry daggers. But carrying the unconditional love part with it and understanding that it has to go with unconditional love and the grace that you have to show people in order for you to have unconditional love, we're leaving that on the sideline, folks. You want to know what I haven't brought up this whole time? Is the gospel of Christ. You want to know why I haven't brought it up this whole time? Because virtually nobody else is either. And if we don't understand how as a society, being at each other's throats and devaluing others simply based on on their views or opinions. Now if their views or opinions are sinful, don't agree with them, don't give them space. You can at least still understand them and love them, but you don't have to agree with them and allow them. But we just take difference of opinions or even feeling the same way that something is an injustice, but you want to go about it a different way than somebody else, and we demonize you for it. They're part of the problem because they're not my type of solution. Do we not understand the crippling effect that this is having on the Christian community to do what we're supposed to be doing primarily, which is sharing the gospel? Now, I'm not saying that we share the gospel and we forget other things. But I'm saying that as whatever other things that we do and are passionate about, sharing the gospel has to be the deciding factor on how we move forward with those things. And if not, then I'm sorry, you cannot like me for those comments, but you cannot like the Word of God much more because I'm making those comments based on Scripture, Based on what we see, based on the fact that we're always to be patient and to kind, we're always ready to give an answer, we're always there with understanding and love, we're always there not to harm, but to affect, and we're losing that. Now, have you individually been a part of that? I don't know. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've said some things that you're going, oh man, really?" maybe I shouldn't have put it that way. You know, the really hard guilt that you turn on to one of those posts so you can just drop the bomb and roll and walk away. Like I said, it's easy to spit in somebody's face virtually because then you can walk away and you can just let them twist and feel bad about what you said. You can take joy and pride in about how guilty they feel about themselves or about how they realize that they're not as conscientious as you. Did I make all y'all feel bad about talking about the gospel? See, I just did it. Guess what? I really haven't been pushing it either because I, man, I don't know what to do right now. Except this, this sermon. It's all I could come up with. I'm not going to give you a bumper sticker answer to solve the problems of the world today. I can't give you a bumper sticker answer to solve racism. No slogan, no anything is going to fix that overnight. It's just not. If you want to look up some more you know, examples from the, the life of Dr. King about how lasting change happens, it's not going to come by force or by guilt or coercion. It has to come through the love of God's people making it impossible for others to deny the truth of the, of the Word of God. That's how it has to happen. That's how lasting change happens. That's the only way lasting change happens. The rest is, is just window dressing. I can't even get close to bringing us to finding unity on politics or anything else. I can't even do it over a virus. I'm not even trying, by the way. Why? Because it's okay to have different opinions. It's fine to see it differently. It's fine to behave differently. It's fine to act differently. Like I'm saying, there are issues when it comes to racism or other things that if they're sinful, then I can't say those are okay, but most of our things in life are opinions. And it's okay to have them, and it's okay for them to be different and varied. I just want you to understand that God calls us to do it in a biblical way. Romans 14, verse 1. Accept other believers who are weak in faith, don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. Those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Leave it there for a second. Here, 1 Corinthians addresses a similar argument where you have discussions among uh, Christians at that point in time talking about the food that they eat or the holy days that they keep, talking about in Corinthians about whether they eat meat sacrificed to idols, whether that's okay, or if because it was sacrificed to idols, if that made it unholy. I had someone ask me one time, you know, somebody had won a big you know, lottery winning, and they said, what do you think about them? You know, They want to give some of it to the church. I was like, if you feel bad about it, I have P.O. Box 9117, Fayetteville, Arkansas, 72703. And so this whole discussion, when you say, well, they're talking about the difference between eating meat or not eating meat or eating vegetables or not eating vegetables or holy days, that's trivial compared to the stuff we're talking about, Jeremy. Well, is it? It's trivial to people who feel that they're dishonoring God if they do something. It's trivial to people who feel that their worship of God is going to be punished or not accepted if they don't do something. This is not trivial to them. It may seem trivial to us now to look back on it was not trivial to them. Verse 4, Who are you to condemn someone else's servants, God's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help they will stand and receive His approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse... See, if you don't pray before you eat, then it's no good, right? Let's go, let's go literal. And now, let's create a debate over whether you should pray before meals and what happens to you if you don't. See, Luke, that's why I've always made you. It's that verse. And let's divide each other over it, all right? Let's... Sorry. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about everything right now that comes out of my mouth is that it's going to lead to some argument or division. Verse 7, we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be both the Lord of the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Now, plenty of places in the Bible, plenty of verses that talk about addressing sin. Right? We have to do it in love, but we're commanded to address sin. We're commanded to do that in such a way that we don't allow the Word of God to mean nothing to us. And that hopefully that person will get that part of their life right so they can have a better relationship with God and more effectiveness in serving God, right? That's, we're supposed to address it. But not every difference of opinion from you is sin. Not every difference of opinion that somebody has from me is, is wrong. The way that I think is best to solve things and to do things, I would love to stand up here and to tell you. My historical view on society, on governments, on peoples, on religious freedom... And what I think would work best for this country. I would love to do that. If you want to grab lunch with me sometime. I'll do that. But I'm not going to do it here. Because it is far more important. For me to say. Those opinions of mine. Do not supersede. The importance and truth of scripture. The way that I feel is best. Going about injustice. And solving the problems of our world. Is not more important than loving you if you disagree with me. Even if you disagree with me a lot. Even if you hate me based on the disagreements. Even if you call me whatever negative things pop into your mind when you see somebody else's social media post. And say, oh, well since they said that, they hate them. Since they believe that, they they believe this as well. I don't look at it that way. I, I just don't look at it that way. When I see somebody that talks about Black Lives Matter, I assume it's just because they think Black Lives Matter. I don't jump the gun and start thinking that they necessarily hate the police or that they're cultural Marxists or that they're anything else. And even if they, if they hate the police, well, that's a different issue. Hate is something we're not supposed to do. If they want to defund the police, that's, a, that's an opinion and that's an argument to have. I don't agree with it. If they're a cultural Marxist, I don't agree with that either. If they, if they you know, view those things, no, I, I don't just jump to those conclusions. So if you do that, then, then try and have some grace that you show to other people and understanding that they may just actually very much care about what they said and about the problems they see. And if somebody doesn't do that, if somebody doesn't speak out the same way that you speak out, it doesn't mean that they care about it less They may just have reservations about saying the same things you have because of other things. They may be worried about how somebody will take it. They may have other concerns. It's fine for us to say things on face value that we believe in. Do you believe it's okay for us to have Christian identity? Yeah, but I'm not going to post that. You know why? Because there's a group of people that call it Christian identity. They're a bunch of white supremacists. And even den- deny the fact that Jesus was a Jew. I mean, I don't, I don't see. If you're a white supremacist... I mean, uh, interesting thing, by the way, a lot of white supremacists are now moving over to Odinism, or Astra or however you pronounce that. Yeah, Norse god stuff. Um, anyway, because if you, if you want that, I mean, there, there's no more pure white than some Norse religion. And plus, in Christianity... The guy who's Christ was a Jew and the first convert who wasn't a Jew was Ethiopian. So I just don't know how that they have held on to it for that long with the facts on the ground. But what I'm saying is, is that you can say words and those words from your heart are pure and true. Other people can view them and say, well, if you say those words, then you actually mean this. Don't believe that about people. Don't do that to people. You don't like being boxed in. Why are you boxing someone else in? If someone doesn't respond the way that you do, don't say that they don't care as much as you do. Just love them. Because guess what? Ultimately, they're trying to love people too. And it. at some point, we got to figure out how to get back to the gospel. At some point, we got to figure out as Christians how to love other people. I'm fine with you if you're standing outside protesting this past week. I'm great with you. Not so much if you're throwing things at people or destroying things because that's not right. I'm fine with you if you haven't said anything and I don't necessarily think that you don't love people because you haven't. I'm fine with you if you vote Democrat. I'll be mad when my taxes go up. But I'll still take you to eat. I'll just be able to afford less. You know, I've got some great friends who believe differently than me on the subject of grace and we're gonna talk about the next three weeks. And I'm gonna tell you what, there's nothing more important to me than the word grace. There's nothing more important to me. I don't, I, there are a lot of great issues out there. Nothing is more important to me than what grace is, God's grace. And yet I consider some of those men and women who believe differently from me good friends. But that's funny, right? We can look at people who have a completely different view of heaven and hell. We can look at people who are going to hell, and we know they are by their beliefs, and never say a word to them, but defriend them, if they don't have the same opinions as us. We can be great friends with people, and then all of a sudden make it stop. Turn our love off. Up the anger and the hate. And forget what God said about showing grace to others. I'm going to close on this. Our worship team comes forward. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Have passions. Have things that are important to you. God has called me to preach his word. But no matter what I do, that would be important to me. If you want to fight for social justice, fight do it in a way that's biblical, fight. Whether that's racism, whether you view things, whether it's, yeah, it's structural, whether it's economically, even if I disagree with how you're doing it or, or, or exactly how you view is the best way versus what I view is the best way, fight. That's fine. But you better still love. You better still love. If you want to fight and the thing near and dear to your heart, there are millions of slaves still in this world. There are millions of people who are trafficked. There are people who are dying hungry. There are people with broken homes and families. Whether it's drug addiction, whether it's helping solve to try and cure a disease, whatever it is, be passionate about it. That's fine. Encourage people to follow you. Encourage people to walk with you. I implore you, not to feel they're wrong if they don't because guess what they may have different passions I implore you not to make people feel less than you are if they don't view your solutions as their solutions love love is the only thing because true love comes from God that will take our passions and make lasting change. And it's got to start with believers figuring out how to love each other even when we have differences. Let's worship together.